Hello and welcome to the Jack Benny program from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Jack Benny program presented by Lucky Strike. At 59, American. Lucky Strike and Lucky Strike alone offers you important evidence gathered in the tobacco country by the world famous Crosley Pole. This evidence reveals the smoking preference of auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen, the men who really know tobacco. Here's what the Crosley Poll found. For their own personal smoking enjoyment, independent tobacco experts again name Lucky Strike first choice. Lucky Strike, first choice over any other brand. These experts know their business. Their overwhelming preference for Lucky Strike, we believe, has a direct relationship to the quality tobacco we purchase for Lucky's and to the real, deep-down smoking enjoyment you may expect from fine tobacco. And when these veteran tobacco experts name Lucky Strike first choice for their own personal smoking enjoyment, then you know... L-S-M-F-T. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And in a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. So smoke the smoke tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike. Remember, independent tobacco experts again name Lucky Strike first choice. Lucky Strike first choice over any other brand. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we take you out to Jack Benny's house in Beverly Hills where we find Rochester cleaning out the attic. Well, I got all the magazines stacked up. Now I'll move this box over and... Hello, what's this? Hmm, I never saw these before. A bundle of Mr. Benny's old love letters. I wonder if I should... No, I'd be a heel if I read them. <laughs> but what's the difference? Nobody will know I'm a heel but me. <laughs> I ain't gonna tell anybody. I think I'll open this pink one first. Well, look at this. My darling Blossom Boy. I have been thinking of you all day. I still thrill to the memory of how you said goodnight to me and crushed me in your powerful arms. Powerful arms. That can't be the boss. I know how excited you must be about having been elected captain of our school baseball football team, but I can't get over your reluctance to talk about it. You're so modest. Modest? That can't be the boss. We sure had fun celebrating your election at the ice cream parlor, and wasn't it lucky that I had my purse with me when you discovered you forgot your money? That's the boss. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me to go to the junior prom with you on Friday night, but I'd better meet you on the corner. You see, Daddy is very angry with you, and in a way, I don't blame him. I know that business is business, but why did you have to foreclose on our house? <laughs> And another thing... Oh, Rochester, I... and when you finish up here in the attic, I... What are you doing with those old letters? Uh, I'm putting them away. Rochester, have you been reading my old love letters? Oh, no, boss, not me. Well, then put them away and straighten up this pile of books in the corner. Okay, Blossom Boy. <laughs> oh, so you have been reading them. Just one of them, boss. The one that signed Eloise. 
Eloise. Oh, yes, yes, Eloise Stanley. Rochester, you should have seen her. Long, blonde curls, big brown eyes, rosy cheeks. When she smiled, she had the prettiest gold brace you ever saw. <laughs> 18 carat. <laughs> now, come on, let's finish straightening the attic. Now, put that carton on top of the trunk. Yes, sir. Uh, how about putting the... Boss, what are you looking at? Uh, this old picture album. Most of them were taken when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Say, who's that man in this picture here? A relative? No, no, he was my first violin teacher. May he rest in peace. <laughs> and oh, look, here's a picture of me taken when I was two years old. Look at me lying there in bed, hugging that big teddy bear. Yeah, doggone, it's almost as big as the one you sleep with now. <laughs> Not quite. And this is my sister Florence. Uh, who's that on the other page? Oh, that's my second violin teacher. May he rest in peace. <laughs> oh, look, here's a picture of my graduating class in grammar school. Gee, that's sure a nice-looking bunch of kids. Wait a minute, boss, I don't see you. Oh, I, I took the picture. I had a little photography business on the side. <laughs> now, look, here's a picture of our house in Waukegan. Sure is a nice place. Uh, who's the man standing out in front? Oh, he's my third violin teacher. Is he resting in peace? <laughs> I don't know. He ran away and joined the Foreign Legion. <laughs> and Rochester, here's a picture. Oh, that must be some of my gang. We're going to rehearse here today. I'll see you later. There was a boy. They used to call him Blossom Boy. <laughs> coming, coming. Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Benny. <laughs> what, what are you giggling about, kid? Well, this morning I went out in my yard and caught a gopher. Why should I make you laugh? I got him in my shirt and he tickles. Dennis, you got a gopher inside your shirt? No, I just said that for a joke. Why didn't you laugh? A joke? You've got no sense of humor at all. Look. No wonder you've only got one show. Listen, close the door and come inside, will you? Am I on time for rehearsal, Mr. Benny? You're the first one here. I asked you to come a little early on purpose. Did you receive your new contract, Dennis? I mailed it to you last week. Oh, yes, Mr. Benny, but I didn't like it. What was wrong? There was two cents due on the postage. <laughs> well, your raise will take care of that. Oh. Anyway, I, um, I'm glad you received it. Did you sign the contract? Oh, I was going to, but it hasn't come back from the doctor yet. What? My mother knows how you like to hide closets, so she's having it x-rayed. <laughs> oh, your mother. She's never satisfied with anything. Oh, you're wrong about that. She liked the present I gave her this morning for Mother's Day. Say, today is Mother's Day. What'd you give your mother, Dennis? Oh, something she's always wanted. So I had them made for her, a set of dishes. And every dish is shaped like an L. Well, why would your mother want all her dishes L-shaped? When she throws them at my father in case she misses, they come back to her. <laughs> L-shaped dishes. That's the silliest thing I ever heard of. Yeah, she hasn't missed in 20 years. <laughs> that I can believe. What did you get for Mother's Day, Mr. Benny? 
Dennis. <laughs> why? I mean, why should I get presents on Mother's Day? It's in our contracts. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Gee, I don't know what to get you for Labor Day. You'll think. <laughs> You'll think of something, Dennis. Now, Dennis, what song are you going to do on the program this afternoon? Well, I thought I'd sing I'd Give a Million Tomorrows. Well, good. Now, run over it once for me before the rest of the guy gets here for rehearsal. Yes, sir. That was fine, Dennis, and it will probably sound even better, you know, when you... Come in! Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. Well, summer must be just around the corner when you come to rehearsal in a bare midriff. <laughs> well, at least it's comfortable. Yeah, but it must be very inconvenient. And uh, what do you mean, inconvenient? No place to carry a gopher. <laughs> Dennis, I still. But you know, Mary, Mary, I think those, uh... I think those bare midriffs are a little immodest. Immodest? Why, everybody out here wears them. Well, my girlfriend Gladys doesn't. That's not modesty. She doesn't want to show her tattooing. <laughs> tattooing, tattooing. One little battleship and you make a thing out of it. <laughs> the only reason you girls rest like that is to attract attention. You should talk after what you did at the beach last Thursday. You should have seen him, Dennis. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, Mary, please. He put on a pair of flame-colored swimming trunks and shaved the hair on his chest to spell out Gorgeous George. <laughs> Mary, I was only having a little fun. After all, you can't Say, just... Say, boss, I... Oh, hello, Miss Livingston. Hello, Mr. Day. Hello, Rochester. What is it, Rochester? I just finished cleaning the attic and I found your birth certificate. My birth certificate? Give me that. I'll be back in a minute, Mary. I'm going to put it down in my vault. Gee, Mr. Benny sure seemed upset about Rochester finding his birth certificate. Well, Dennis, that's understandable. You see, Mr. Benny is a big star, and people in the public eye must keep their private affairs a secret. I guess you're right. But how old do you think Mr. Benny is? I don't know, but when the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock, the first words they heard were, hello again. (laughs) (laughs) Say, Dennis, have you signed your new contract yet? No, my mother doesn't like some of the clauses. And besides, she thinks it ties me up for too long. Well, how many years does Jack want you to sign up for? It doesn't say. The clause just reads, for better, for worse, till death do us part. (laughs) What? I don't know whether to sign it or give him his ring back. (laughs) Well, I guess I'd sign it. After all, we do have a very bright future. You have another show, Bill has another show, and when Jack opens his swimming pool for the summer, I have the towel concession. (laughs) So you see, Dennis, we're really not... Say, Mary, Mary, I happen to look out the window and there's an express trunk out in front of the Coleman. I wonder what's going on. Well, Jack, didn't you know Ronnie and Benita are leaving for England tomorrow? Gee, I didn't know that. So they're going to England, eh? Yes, and this will be your last chance to go over there and explain to Ronnie what happened to his Oscar. You're right, Mary, but gee, I just haven't the courage to face him. Maybe if I... Get that, will you, Mary? Okay. Hello, Mr. Benny's residence, star stage, screen, and radio. Mary the Towel Girl speaking. <laughs> oh, hello, Liv. What are you doing at Grant's tomb? <laughs> <laughs> Bill, where have you been keeping yourself? I haven't seen you for a couple of days. Just came in from Salton Sea. I went out there with Guy Lombardo when he tried to break the speedboat record. Gee, that must have been exciting. Yeah, it was, Livy. You should have seen Lombardo's boat. It's 25 feet long, and you ought to see that motor. Really? Yeah, what a sound when he opened her up. 1,300 horsepower going boom, 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 boom. (laughs) (laughs) Bill, Bill, what'd you call for? Do you want to speak to Jack? Yeah. The queen bee in the hive? (laughs) Well, just a second. I'll call him. It's Bill, Jack. He wants to talk to you. Okay. Hello? Hiya, Dad. (laughs) Hey, just call and tell you I'm going to be late for rehearsal. Late? Why? Well, Sammy, my drummer, just got married, and he asked me to stand up for him. Well, I hope you made it. (laughs) (laughs) So, Sammy, Sammy finally got married, huh? Was it a nice wedding? Yeah, everything went along swell. Except that just five minutes ago, Sammy took a punch at Remley because he caught him kissing a bride. Well, Phil, in a wedding, you're supposed to kiss the bride. I know, but he caught Remley doing it last night. <laughs> Stop switching old jokes, and I hope that they didn't spoil the wedding. No, no, everything went off fine. What a classy affair, Jackson. The church was filled with flowers. Everybody was dressed beautiful. Then suddenly a hush fell on the crowd. And the bride and groom walked slowly down the aisle as the organ plays. That's what I like about the South. <laughs> oh, 
for heaven's sake. Phil, you mean to say the organ and the wedding, the organ play, that's what I like about the South? Well, what did you expect at a wedding? Tiger rag? <laughs> no, I guess not. Unless two tigers are getting married. <laughs> anyway, Phil, hurry over as soon as you can, will you? I'll be there. Goodbye, Dad. Goodbye. Phil's going to be a little late, kid, so as soon as Don comes, we'll start the rehearsal. Look, Jack, before we start, don't you think you ought to go over to Ronald Coleman's house and apologize to him for losing his Oscar? Well, that can wait till next week. But he's leaving for England tomorrow. I can't help it. This whole thing was Coleman's fault. Coleman's fault? Certainly. This never would have happened if he hadn't won the Oscar in the first place. (laughs) Believe me. Mr. Benny's right. Certainly. Mr. Coleman should be smart and make pictures like the horn blows at midnight. Darn tootin'. Anyway, Mary, it wasn't my fault that the Oscar was stolen from me. I know, Jack, but the least you can do is go over and explain the whole thing to him. Well, okay, I'll go over to the Coleman's after rehearsal. Gee, I hope he's not too angry. Are you all finished packing, Ronnie? I will be in just a minute, Benita. Darling, I'm really thrilled about our trip. Yes. Ah, to be in England now that James Mason's over here. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Ronnie. (laughs) Now, go on, hurry and finish your packing. Well, it won't take long. I hope we have a nice crossing. How's the weather on the North Atlantic this time of year? It's rather cold and windy. Oh, I'd better take a pair of the long ones. Uh, Say, Benita, did you call the newspaper office and tell them to forward our copies to London? Oh, no, that'd be silly. They have all the news in the English papers. Well, they don't have little orphan Annie. Yes, they do. (laughs) Only they call her their parentless Penelope. Good, good. (laughs) Say, isn't it a shame you haven't got the Oscar to take to England with you? Oh, darling, please. My doctor told me not to discuss that. (laughs) Well, don't give up hope yet. Why don't you go over and speak to Jack Benny? I mean, the Oscar must be around someplace. Things don't just disappear. Oh, they don't, eh? Nine years ago, a gas man went into Benny's house and hasn't been seen since. (laughs) Now, let's let's forget it. All right. I'll help you finish packing. See, you'll want to take these shirts. Oh, 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 Benita, careful. I- I'll pack those shirts myself. That's quite all right. I don't mind helping. Here, let me put them in. Um, I... Ronnie, Ronnie, look what fell from between these shirts. Your Oscar. Yes, yes, so it is. Well, you certainly don't seem very surprised at finding it. Uh, Benita, let's finish the packing. Hmm? There's something very peculiar going on. When did you get your Oscar back? Uh, well, we discuss it on the boat, darling. We'll discuss it now. Tell me everything. All right, but I I don't know all the details myself. I'll have our chauffeur tell you. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, will you please come in here a moment? Ronnie, you've had the Oscar right in this house, and you let Jack Benny suffer all these weeks? Yes. (laughs) Life can be beautiful. (laughs) I'm... I'm sorry you, you discovered it so soon. I could have made Benny... You uh, <coughs> you wanted to see me, Mr. Coleman? Oh, yes, Eddie, yes. 
Uh, Mrs. Coleman has discovered our little secret, and I want you to tell her the whole story about the Oscar. Oh, that. Uh, well, you see, ma'am, Mr. Coleman was pretty fed up with Jack Benny's constant borrowing. So the night he borrowed the Oscar, Mr. Coleman tipped me off and told me what to do. While I went out in front of the house, I was hiding behind a tree. And when Mr. Benny came out of your house and walked down the side... Hey, bud. Bud. Huh? You got a match? Yes, yes, I have one right here. Don't make a move. This is a stick-up. Mister, put down that gun. Shut up. I said this is a stick-up. Now, come on. Your money or your life? Look, bud, I said your money or your life. I'm thinking it over. <laughs> now, look. Look, mister. And I'll take that package you're carrying, too. This package? But it isn't mine. It belongs to Ronald Coleman. He wired... Lay down and give it to me or I'll drill you. All right. All right. Here it is. Now, lay down the sidewalk and count to 100. Yes, sir. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. And that's exactly what happened, ma'am. And when I brought the Oscar right in the house and gave it to Mr. Coleman. Well, thank you, Eddie. You may go now. Yes, sir. Well, don't stare at me like that, darling. It was time Benny was taught a lesson, and I'm glad I did it. Ronnie, that was an awfully mean thing to do. And I love you for doing it. <laughs> I'm glad you see it my way. Uh, Benita, are you sure the express men picked up all the trunks? Yes. Now let's finish these valises and then we'll... Uh, uh... Look, look, answer the door, will you, darling? I'm trying to close this bag. All right. Oh, hello, Jack. Oh, hello, Benita. I heard you were going to England, so I brought you this as a going-away gift. Oh, what a beautiful bouquet of white roses. You really like them? Why, they're my favorite flower. In fact, I have a bush of them right over there. there this morning. <laughs> well, I was afraid that while you were in England, they might wither and die, you see. <laughs> so I... Uh, who's at the door, Benita? It's Mr. Benny. He's come to say goodbye. Goodbye. Ronnie's in the other room. Well, well, almost packed, I see. Yes, Jack, and tomorrow we'll be on our way. Ronnie, I thought on the boat, uh, you know, time might hang heavy on your hands, so I brought you this book. Here. Well, thank you, Jack. Nice of you to return it. <laughs> and, and that isn't all I brought, Ronnie. See, I've got something here for both you and Benita. A carton of Lucky Strike cigarettes. A carton of Lucky Strikes? And you'll love them. They're so round, round, Ronnie, and so firm, Benita, and so fully packed, Ronnie. They're so free and easy on the Oscar. On the draw. I mean, on the draw. The draw. Yes, yes, I know, I know, Jack, I know. LSMFT stands for Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Yes, yes, you must have heard that once. And quality of product, you know, is essential to continuing success. Here you are, Ronnie. Here are the cigarettes. Thank you, Jack. How much are they? A dollar. Oh, no. <laughs> No, no, Ranny. Mary told me not to. <laughs> By the way, Benita, 
I want to give you a little advice. What's that, Jack? Well, while you're in England, if anyone wants to sell you any cashmere, tweeds, or woolen, grab them because they're a good buy. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> no, no! I might as well, Ronnie, I might as well tell you the real reason I came over here. The real reason? Yes, Ronnie. I, uh, I know you won't believe this, but the night I borrowed your Oscar, I was held up. No. Cross my heart and hope my swimming pool loses money this summer. <laughs> and Ronnie, after losing your Oscar, I was so embarrassed, I did everything I could to avoid you. I was afraid you'd see me. I practically lived in hiding. Every Sunday, I had to sneak out of my house down to NBC. Then after my broadcast, I'd sneak out of the studio. Well, didn't you always do that? <laughs> Only on Sundays. Well, Jack, you know, it's funny you should be held up practically in front of our house. Oh, it was a harrowing experience. You'll never know what I went through to protect your Oscar. Would you like me to tell you about it? We'd, We'd love to hear it. Well... The night I borrowed your Oscar, I left your house and was walking down the sidewalk, humming in my usual carefree way. Hey, Bud, Bud. Huh? You got a match? Yes, I have one right here. Don't make a move. This is a stick-up. A stick-up? Put down that gun, or by heaven, I'll make you rue the day that you were born. <laughs> Put it down, I say! <laughs> mystery, you'll get hurt. I'm not alone. I have a ferocious lion here. A lion? That lion doesn't scare me. Quiet, you. I'll slap your teeth in. Take that. <laughs> and now for you, tough guy. Please, mister, please don't hurt me. Hey, fellas, come here. Help! Why, you sniveling, white-livered, cringing coward. Take that. Hey, fellas. Fellas, he knocked me down. Come on, help me. Okay, chief. Here we come. This guy's a tough one. We'll have to use our last resort. Give it to him! Mm. It was a long time coming, but... Mm. Rocket bomb stunned him a little. Come on, fellas. We better get out of here. That was the last thing I heard, Ronnie. When I came to, all 500 of them were gone. And so was your Oscar. But I really did my best to protect it. Ah, stout fellow. I protected that Oscar with my life. That sounds pretty good, Johnny, but it ain't the way I heard it. <laughs> what? Look, Jack, I might as well tell you. You can stop worrying about the Oscar. It was returned to me. Who? How? When, what, how, how, who, who, who? All right now, Jack, don't ask any questions. The important thing is I got it back. Well, that's wonderful. Gee, I've never felt so happy in my life. Now, look, Ronnie, if you had to give a reward to get the Oscar back or ran into any other expense, don't worry. You're insured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Come on, Ronnie, we've got to finish our packing. Uh, pardon me, Mr. Coleman. Do you want me to take the Felicia's out to the car? Uh, yes, Eddie, and be sure Ronnie, to see that the... Ronnie! Look, that's him! The man that helped me out! Ronnie! Jack jumped right through the window. <laughs> and look at him run! Gee, Mr. Coleman, I'm sorry I frightened him. He's that 
left it left in a hurry. Yeah, he sure did. I'll take his shoes back to him in the morning. <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie, ferocious lion. <laughs> <laughs> Rocket bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, we'll be back in just a minute, but first here's Basil Risedale. Independent tobacco experts again name Lucky Strike first choice. Lucky Strike first choice over any other brand. The famous Crosley poll has just completed an impartial survey in 11 southern tobacco states. This poll, taken among tobacco experts, reveals the smoking preference of the men who really know tobacco. Yes? For their own personal smoking enjoyment, independent tobacco experts again name Lucky Strike first choice. Lucky Strike first choice over any other brand. These are the experts, auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen. And we believe their overwhelming preference for Lucky Strike has a direct relationship to the quality tobacco we purchase for Luckies. You've heard the poll results. Now listen to what Mr. Alexander Irvin, veteran warehouseman from North Carolina, recently said. For a good many seasons, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine, ripe, mellow tobacco. The kind of tobacco you just can't beat for smoking quality. I've smoked Luckies for 14 years. So for your own real, deep-down smoking enjoyment, remember... L-S-M-F-T! L-S-M-F-T! Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. Good night, folks. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.